John, you good? I'm good. Let's roll, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. Welcome back to the Build It Podcast. This week we are joined for the second time, I believe, by Michael Bachel. Bachel? I can never get it right. Bachel, Bachel? Bachel. Bachel, there you go. I'm making you too, far too European. Um, phoning in from Scotland. Thank you, my friend. Um, welcome back. I uh, hope, hope life has been good to you in the interim. Joining me, as always, <laughs> uh, joining me, as always, is uh, over in DeKalb is John, who's already started taking notes. Probably just how to pronounce your name. I don't know. But hi, John. Yeah, I was going to make a note of how to pronounce his name for the third time he joined the us, one, so yeah. that, you, that you'll, you'll get it right that time. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the high-level level of prep that goes into these things. All right, um, Michael, we got you back on because um, we got you on in the first place through your reputation, reputation, the podcast, um, Scottish Football Marketing, um, which was, you know, a revelation to myself and John, and um, still listening to pod, to those episodes. Some of them are dated better than others, but, you know, all good. Um, and then since then, you've just recently launched the Marketing and Non-League Football Club podcast, um, which was a lovely surprise. Um, and we will talk about that in a minute. But first off, if you just want to give us a little bit about yourself, your background, and why we're touting you as the man who has all the answers. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for having me back on, first off. Um, I don't know if I've got all the answers, but I'll certainly help with, with trying answering some of some of your questions to see, um, on, on this. Yeah, no, look, obviously the last time we spoke, I was head of digital at the Scottish Football Association, uh, the, the governing body for, for Scottish football, and looked after the, the national team, the Scottish Cup, which is the biggest domestic cup competition in Scotland, as well as grassroots football and, and everything in between. Um, and, and, regards to Scottish football. Since then, you know, I've gone out and, and do my own thing now. So I'm a freelance um, marketing consultant specialising in sport. Uh, and I've been working with some interesting clients so far. So I only started that in January 2022. So I've been working with, you know, Scottish Premiership clubs. I've done a project um, through an agency for an English Premier League club, worked with the Open. Uh, in the RNA, so that was quite an interesting gig working with them for a few months in the build up to the 150th. Um, open that happened at St Andrews there, um, and I've been doing every little bits here and there, and um, sitting on some advisory boards and, and, and lots of different things. So, you know, you mentioned the, the, the podcast there. One of the things I do in my spare time now that I've left the Scottish Football Association and there's no conflict of interest is I help. Um, I, I, my hometown club. So I grew up in a, a small town called Nairn, which is in the, the highlands of Scotland, a town of probably about 10,000 people. And yeah, you, you know, I, I live in Glasgow, so I live three hours away by uh, if you're driving. And the I, I help them on, on a, as much as I can with their marketing digital and, and raising the profile of the club. And yeah, you, you, you referenced the, the podcast series that I did. So 
having done once I left the Scottish Football Association, um, that was kind of the end of the Scottish Football Market Podcast because it was under the Scottish um, FA umbrella with, with Chris. And yeah, not done a podcast really since then. So what I was between clients and I had a bit of time and you know been doing a lot of work with Neon County uh, and decided, you know what, well, I'll share some knowledge. I'm, I've always got the itch to try and create some sort of content at some point and, and the opportunity arose and I thought, well, let's go and document the journey a little bit. Certain multiple reasons for it. One, raise my own profile, obviously, keep keep myself entertained. But secondly, you know, in, in a roundabout way, if I can help raise the profile of the club a little bit further, then then great. You know, I, I do my own um, sports market newsletter, which I send out every couple of weeks. So it kind of all just tied in nicely um, with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just on that that, that newsletter, I know John and myself have um, found ourselves on more than one occasion sharing the same article almost at the same time across purposes. So um, it is, it, I have found it invaluable. Um, as so much, this is just going to be me blowing smoke up your ass, and I apologise. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been great. Um, one of the reasons we, I, I love what you do, is that um, obviously when you were part of Scot the Scottish FA, and when now you're freelancing, you have to go where the money goes, right? You you have to go to the national team and to the, yeah. the Glasgow clubs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, it's clear from a lot of the people that you spoke to on the old podcast, and the fact that this is about this is then focused for you now that um, given. All the tea, all the all the money you could have, you would far rather be doing this for Nairn and for lower league clubs than at the top end. I think. Yeah, you know, I've I've always had a, a vested interest, especially in Scottish football, that just for the greater good. You know, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of politics in football, um, especially in Scotland. So, and yeah, you're right. You know, I've been fortunate and privileged to work on some of the the highest level football and sport within Scotland uh, but you know my heart still lies with, <laughs> but, you know, with the club and you know if I can help other smaller football clubs in Scotland yeah. then yeah you know that, that's great obviously they don't have the budgets or sometimes the expertise to do that so uh, as I said I've been privileged to work in environments where I've learned quite a lot experienced quite a lot and I've tried to apply that to New County and you know if people can pick up one or two things um, from from what I've been doing and, and apply it to their own clubs and you know help raise extra revenue or, or achieve some sort of goal for for their club then then great um, it's just about sort of sharing the knowledge and experience okay. without any sort of ex expectation of return. It's, it's sure not the foundation, isn't it? Right. We I don't know about the Nairn, um spectator base, but I'm fairly confident when I say that it's probably aging and by the same token um, shrinking. So. Um, clubs across the board certainly in the uk have to do something new and in commas, exciting and different um and i think that's where the clubs in the us are one step ahead is that um some of us are trying these things some of them in the uk are as well obviously um but um there's no there's no predetermined market for us over here so we have to like almost start from scratch and so there's no we should do this or we can't do that because it didn't work in 1962 or whatever logic um so Nairn County themselves, and we'll get into the nitty-gritty in a sec, but Nairn County, average home gate, give or take? 300, give or take. Okay, sweet, lovely. And you said a population of around about 10,000, so? Yeah. Yeah, okay, lovely. Um, so, I mean, most clubs at our level in the US, in the US would, would kill for 300 come through the gates. Let's not be shy about that. Um, but that doesn't give you 
dollars upon dollars upon dollars, right? That gives you nothing to play with. So when you're all of these things that you'll put out on this podcast, you're talking about next to little um, financial outlay, just the outlay of human resource and human time. Realistically, yeah, I, I'd say the big, biggest investment we've made, and that was a business case that went was the website. Everything else has pretty much been, you know, mm-hmm. nothing pennies. Um, if anything, you know, it is you know, three hundred is a good day for us at the moment in time. Um, and that doesn't include that includes some of the freebies that obviously naturally go with, with um, a, a club anyway. So yeah, it's it's living by your means, everything yeah, your means, sure. and um, everything that we've been doing at Nairn is, for the most part, has been with that. As I said, websites the biggest um, yeah. investment we've made. You pick your battles, right? So you've got to put money at something. For us, usually it's it's field outlay, right? We we got we have to hire. Um, stadium or whatever, so, because we don't come with it. So um, everything else, you know, we have to scrape and save for. So yeah, well, I don't think we're any different this side of the ocean from your side. So let's start out with episode one, and we're not going to go through binary, but we are um, starting out. Why? How did you approach Nan? And then um, what? How did you get over the sort of the old man resistance to this outlaw outsider? Yeah. So. Fortunate because I'm not really an outsider in terms of they knew me because I'm from there and um, I've no people that were on the committee um, yeah, yeah. already. And you know, I'd sent a couple of things their way in terms of information or things that they maybe should do um, while I was at the Scottish FA, but just left them to it. So when I finished up, my stepdad's involved with there uh, to an extent as well, and, and he, he was the one that pretty much said would you come uh, ask me you know now you're you're, you're done uh, the Scottish FA would you would you be interested in helping there and uh, to, um, for where you can I was like yeah I think they were look- generally I think they were looking for somebody to come in and just do their social media mm-hmm. <laughs> truth be told. That's, that's all marketing is though isn't it these days so I, I ended up speaking to the club secretary on the phone and I was like, look, yeah, happy to help where I can. I'll do some stuff in the background and that's fine. And then next thing you know, I've had committee papers in front of me and I'm getting signed up officially and I'm on monthly meetings. And I was like, well, well I don't really normally do things by half measures. So if I'm going to do something, I might as well do it right. And, and that was it. So yeah, after a couple of conversations brought in, but I made it clear that I'm not going in just to do, and don't get me wrong, I've been sucked into doing day-to-day social media, but um, I'm doing, I'm here to do far more than, yeah. than that. I'm wanting to really sort of put, change what happens behind the scenes of the club from that a sort of market and digital brand point of view. All right, cool. So, was, um, hey, I, hey, Nick, I got yeah. a question. When, when you started talking with them, was there a specific goal did they say, hey, we want to increase attendance or like it was just we want to do better. Come tell us how to do better. Yeah, I think the club's gone through a fair bit of change within the last five, six years. And I think they realized that there's certain skills they're lacking within the, the kind of uh, committee structure and, and they wanted somebody to come in. There was no goals and no objective. And I think that's one thing that we've had a couple of new faces now involved at the club. And we are like going, what is our plan? What, where are we looking to go as a club? You know, we can't just keep looking to put a game on at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. What is it we're trying to do? Uh, 
you know, do we want promote? Do we want to get to a point that we can get promoted? Do we want to become a this big community club within the town that offers, you know, recreational football um, to as many kids and adults as possible? What is it as a club? Who is it we want to be? So there's a lot of work now going on in, uh, with that. But yeah, no, look at the time. It was just can you come come in and help us? Uh, and as I said, I think they saw more the social media, but. As as we all know, it, it's more that you need to do more than that. In four uh, four and a half years ago, I met Nick accidentally um, at a lower league soccer game, a half hour from my house, and I heard his accent. And I said, "Hey, you should come be our. We're starting a club next year. You should come be our PA guy in the stadium." And now he's the. Uh, Head of all things marketing and hosting a podcast, and uh, so so I'm very familiar with the uh, bring somebody in to do one thing and then give them everything they're willing to take. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, smiling through the tears. So, if there's no if the walls no grand plan and then are just lurched from victory to defeat for the last 130 years or whatever, um, how did you convince or how are you convincing people that there needs to be a bigger picture that being a football club, a soccer club, isn't enough. Yeah, I think first off, my first thing I did when I, I said before I even joined any of the meetings and officially started was I put together a survey. Um, it was anonymous. I used Google uh, Forms to do it. But it was just a survey, just get an understanding of, you know, what is it that the people on the committee see the club as, you know, the direction they're going, what do we stand for? And from there, you know, if as you'd expect, I painted a very mixed um, picture in, in terms of some people are ambitious, some people thought the club wasn't ambitious enough. You know, I, I didn't come in as chairman, I didn't come in as anything like that. I had to kind of, as a start, you know, stay in my lane. But I think through the meetings, I was always trying to be quite positive and, and bring things to the table and, you know, just kept chipping away at, at these sort of things, especially, and I, and I don't mean to make sweeping generalisations or, you know, sound offensive to others, but dealing with a lot of older people that have been there, seen it, you know, that have maybe tried to force change in the past, but I've, I've been either beaten down with it or you know I just haven't they're just happy with the status quo and mm -hmm. it, it took a couple as I said a couple of additional fresh faces being brought in um to then strengthen that voice you know but you rigged the vote almost yeah so you know we uh, it's not so much uh it's about being able to bounce ideas about and going right actually I think we could be looking at this as a club and, and this is the reasons why and then somebody goes oh well, i want to know more about that rather than you know and, and for all the will in the world you know great people on the committee and, and, and i don't have a bad word to say against any of them but I, I i delivered a marketing plan you know go through it a lot of people going yeah yeah that's great and then nothing you know that the, there's no follow-up on it and by all accounts you know there have been football strategies put in place and and you know five-year plans and all that sort of stuff has happened in the past. So it's not anything that I'm trying to bring in new revolutionary, but there's been no ownership of it really. Yeah. It's, it's fallen on other people. So it's been one that having more people of the 
sort of like-minded to go right well actually if we're going to do something we're going to do it properly as i said you know i'm not one to come on and, and try and do things half measured so going right well if we're going to do this let's do it mm -hmm. properly and it, it took me a bit of, so i've been doing it a year just over a year now and um, probably 14 months and I'd, I'd say only now really starting to see real progress um don't get me wrong managed to achieve a lot in that time but it, it takes time you know especially yeah. at that level just to chip away at stuff totally john you're looking thoughtful you got something or should I keep going no i'm i i'm i'm very thoughtful I, this is the best and worst part about these podcasts is it gives me too many inspiring ideas <laughs> um no I, I just think it's it, it's neat to hear and i think one of the things michael that we struggle with and one thing that i enjoy working with nick on is the culture is completely different in the u.s so the nfl season started this this last thursday and it's like it's like holidays like football's back every like that is that yeah. is what this culture is all nfl um Everybody, you know, there's plenty of soccer people. There's plenty of baseball people. There's all that, but NFL is king here. That's the culture that we're trying to, and like, not erode that, but build this culture for our game that ties that community and and those, um, all those things that you talk about of, of just trying to like find find out what do we want to become, what do we want to be about. Nick and I talked a little bit ago about. Uh, some projects I'm working on, he goes, well, it all depends, like, what's the point? What are you, what are we trying to accomplish, really? Like, there's a lot of sexy things you can do, but what do we really want to accomplish? What is our primary focus? And then it helps you kind of leverage your, um, in my role with our club, it, it helps me leverage my energy towards specific things. And the important part of my relationship with Nick and what he does for our club is that um, you can do a lot of good things, but if you don't ever tell anybody, through the marketing and, and that happens a lot not just social media but like you have to tell people what you're doing and tell your story and all those kinds of things i know you're you're um aware of all that stuff but but i think that's the interesting part of of all this is us in the us are trying to overcome this culture where yeah we got 30 super passionate people that doesn't make a football club you know that's that's a Sunday league. So I'm um, trying to identify some of those things. And I'll tell you, I'm going to admit too, Michael, I'm pissed at myself because I had Nick sends me a lot of resources to read, to listen to. I have not listened to these podcasts yet. So I, I will have it done by the end of the day tomorrow, but I'm just reading through them. And like, I want, I want to like put you on hold and go listen to them and come back. But um, <laughs> I did tell him, I, I told him, yeah, but I have. I, well, I know I'm just, I just don't do what you tell me all the time. Nick. I don't know what to tell you. I got and that's the beauty of podcasts. So obviously you can go and listen to them whenever. And, and I don't expect, I didn't expect everybody to listen it to, to it straight off. And, you know, it's an interesting point you, you, you made there, John. And I think that culture being different, but I think for clubs like yourself and, and who a lot of similar ones in, in any club at any level within the United States, I think, you know, obviously you've got the World Cup within four years um, that's happening. And it's about putting... If I, if I was in your shoes and, and uh, uh, clubs across the country, I'd be going, right, what is our four or five-year plan that is to go? We, we've got all the foundations in place that so when World Cup fever hopefully hits as many people as you can within within the United States is, you know, how do you capitalise on that? You saw within so a, a, a similar sort of 
one bit, you know, in England, the the women's England national team won um, the European Championships this summer. All of a sudden, you know, the spikes and people looking to how to play football, uh, women's football, get involved, go and watch. You know, attendances in, in the Super League are on the app down in England at the moment in time, especially off the back of that. So there's a lot of momentum that can then be taken and yes it's four years down the line but if you're looking at going right what is that plan for for the club for example and you know for as i said for for new county we're, we're now looking at going how do we expand you know our, our community football and offering that it's not just you know the first team and our, our uh, youth teams that go down to under 15 level i think it is you know what is it that we can do more across that gives more people the opportunity which in turn hopefully Will then give and it's not the sole purpose because we just want to do good about the town but you know you hope that you get a bit of bounce off of that as well when more people come into the games don't mind me i'm just taking oh, notes you just ran okay cool right. um <clears throat> i like i like the idea of focusing on the bigger picture right of like the four or five year plan i think right now we as a club and probably as a as a country are looking at you know this or this upcoming Christmas World Cup, for whatever phrase, which I apologise for mentioning in front of a Scott. Um, I know it's a sore subject, but hey. Um, but yeah, I think it's it, you're right. It is far bigger than that. There's got to be a bigger plan and a bigger reason for doing what we do, um, which we will, I'm sure, John and I will talk to. Um, you mentioned that you were using Google Forms. That the, yeah. that initial, I know this is going back a bit, but that was initially then just an internal survey of the people that basically, very simplistically, had an NFC email addresses for want of a better descriptor. Yeah, that was the, yeah. the ones that were uh, uh, officially uh, were club officials. Yeah. Um, so you didn't, you weren't. Yeah, at that moment you weren't caring about um, players. You weren't play, caring about supporters. You weren't caring about any of that stuff. It was just literally. No, that's just why before you started. I wanted to get a lay of the land. I don't live in the town anymore, so I'm not as close to it as it is. But also, when in these situations, especially because I made it anonymous, that people are were a lot more open. You know, and, and <laughs> did you get? Did you find? Did you get stuff that you genuinely weren't expecting? That you were shocked on either positivity or negative, more more than negativity, I suppose. Like, um, people. I don't know if I was shocked per se. I think. As I said, it was a real mixed bag, and you know, there's the, mm -hmm. some different. I think the the different opinions was, was probably the one that stood out the most. Going, you know, as I said, some people want to be very ambitious, um, with, with a club and somewhere just happy to go, and you know, a couple of things need to improve, but everything's great, everything's rosy, um, where. Obviously, now being involved for fourteen months—not that saying it wasn't rosy or anything—but there's so much more that can be done. Yeah. The potential hey, always. I, I I'm curious as you as you outline a, a marketing strategy, um, you probably didn't intend to initiate every aspect of it yourself. It was kind of like a group effort, right? I need everybody to do their like. I can see the reaction in your face, right? Like. You here's the plan, but everybody needs to contribute to this plan. Have is is there uh, without getting anybody in trouble? Is there is there a challenge in kind of managing that expectation then to execute the plan? Yeah, I think it's probably the thing I've 
find the most difficult uh, that because I'm doing this all remotely um, and, and not being in the town, I'm not there on match day, uh, a lot of the match days. I'm not there up and in, in around the ground um, during the week or so I'm not there driving it. So if I'm not there driving it, nobody else is really there driving it. Now, I've been fortunate, as I said, starting to see real progress in the last couple of months. We've had a new chairman come on board who has gone through a lot of what I've talked about and he's followed up. We've had conversations and going, right, I'll go and organise that. So, for example, um, we're trying to put something in to give to every... So we've got um, our equivalent of, a, I guess, it would be elementary schools, primary school. And um, we're trying, we've got four primary schools in and around there. So there's a couple of villages and, and stuff like that around there. So we are now, my, my original plan was to put, uh, give every primary three, which is about seven to eight years old, um, uh, near county top. Now, obviously that's a big investment. We need sponsorship and um, what the ch new chairman's come on board, which is brilliant for, uh, from my perspective is, it goes right, we can target every single child within the primary schools, but we can't afford to give them all a shirt, but I can get a sponsorship deal arranged that we can give them all a New York County bag, you know, a New York County ruler, New York County um, notepad, New York County, um, you know, branded stuff. So all of a sudden, every kid in there um, of primary school age is now going to have New York County branded um, stuff, which is great. And, you know, that means Going forward, if we, this becomes a success, we can then revert back to the original plan of doing every primary three because that was all, um, sorry, that idea, which was just one idea in the market plan, but was um, inspired by reading research that within the UK, the average age for a child to pick the football team that they're going to support for the rest of their life is eight to nine years old. So we've thinking, and we don't expect, you know, we're near county say this in the podcast, I don't expect kids to go and pick a non-league Highland League team to be their main team. But what we want to do is grow a strong affinity with local children within the town. You know, their chances are within Scotland, they'll support either Celtic or Rangers. They're probably, if not Celtic and Rangers, it'll be Aberdeen or whatever. But, you know, there's research, and I don't know if I said this on the, on the last podcast, but, you know, when I was at the Scottish FA, there was research done that the top two supported teams in Scotland were Celtic and Rangers. But then the third most popular team in um, Scotland that was getting supported was Liverpool. Then it was Man United, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid. It wasn't until you get down to like ninth when it was Aberdeen. Then it's heart, like a Hearts, a Hibs and, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, you're not only just competing with, and we, we don't see ourselves competing, as I said, but we need to get that affinity. But it's tough for any club uh, out with the, the, the top two in Scotland to get, you know, fans to not look elsewhere. But for us, it's about growing a stronger bond with the local community. Totally. totally is. That's the only way I think anybody without a massive budget survives. You don't even have to be a Celtic or Rangers. You can be a Dundee. You can be a... Inverness, right? You you have yeah. to just embed yourselves because the money goes away, but the people don't. I think. Um, all right, I want to crash this. You said I think when we were speaking off air 
that the biggest um and whilst we agreed that there is no financial budget to, to talk to um the biggest outlay for you was the website yeah. um and i mentioned that i think probably for, Amer for american clubs it's probably going to be field rental as much as anything else but um talk me talk us through the the process of your website what you thought was um needed and what you thought you know was a luxury yeah, I suppose just caveat when I say big slightly for us, um, that's from a marketing, you know, fan experience point of view. While we own our own gra uh, ground, we we do invest quite a lot of money into that, and obviously we've got the, the playing um, side, the football side of it, which is a massive investment, which takes up the most. But from the yeah. marketing point of view, the, the website, yeah. Um, I was being done by a, a former committee a member, um, which was great. You know, you always rely on people to, to help with these sort of things. But like anything else online, it kind of aged and wasn't the most responsive. It was very hard to, to get content updated on it. Uh, so what we were lacking, giving the right information out to fans in the end, keeping it fresh. The, the committee member um, at the time, you know, didn't have the time to do it. So it was, it was becoming a challenge. So what we needed was something more modern, more responsive from a mobile point of view and, and just be able to improve. Whether you're a fan in your county or somebody looking for more information, but try and give a better experience and, you know, give that opportunity to let the website uh, drive more revenue for us as well. So what, and, and you know, we would, we might come on to it, but you know, we we partnered with Fanbase, um, like a lot of clubs have have been doing, uh, and so we can sell digital tickets. We 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 put a lot more online to to be able to do online. So we I was like, our website just wasn't pushing that or promoting that and, and directing people into be able to do that sort of behaviour. We launched new hospitality packages, and it was a it was just a pain and a chore, um, to to really promote them properly. So it was needed. It was long overdue. Um, and we went, I, fortunately, you know, it's been my background um, digital and, and been, I went through a whole new website on a far different, bigger scale with, with the Scottish Football Association and been involved in other website launches. So I, I, one of this size wasn't too tricky for me, but obviously that that's only because of my experience and, and um, background. But so it was a case of putting together the brief, putting together um, the structure that we wanted and, and getting the right company to do it and, and doing it on a, a very a lot smaller budgets than I'm used to, but um, managing to make it work. I know that when we did our end of season survey, um, and I know you're big on surveys, um, I was very surprised by how many people were still getting information from the website. Um, I held my hand. I'm, I'm responsible for the website, and I let it slip last year because for various reasons. Um, and I didn't think it mattered. I just thought, like you know, it's it's there. It gets updated, but people know they can find up to the minute stuff on social media, or you know, we email people, and that's fine. But so many people responded like, "No, I need the website updated." I was like, "Oh, really? Okay." So yeah, it is a huge thing, isn't it? It's yeah, it's easy to um, oversee, overlook. I think. Yeah, it, it's first off, it's your it's your one that you own. You know, it's the it's your go to pillar. Uh, you know, it's the anchor that, that everybody can go to. And there's nothing worse than having to go on a Facebook or a Twitter page and try and find what that information you're looking for. But if you know the website or you're a regular visitor to the website, you'll know where to go. You know where the, to get the information. Not everybody's on social, and I think that's one that you know. 
as marketers, we fall into the trap of because we use these things that we just assume other people use them. It's hence why we, the, the big things that we looked at or I looked at when I got into Nairn was looking at right website needs to to change because that needs to to improve what we're we're saying and um, information we're providing on that and email marketing we had to introduce that because we weren't we were just posting the odd thing onto to Facebook mainly um but not everybody's on Facebook so we had to find different ways to really speak to and, and get the information out there and. and can't just rely on one channel, but you're, you're for us, and, and I've done it, uh, whether it's been clients or in previous roles, you know, your website's still your anchor. It's still the, the mm -hmm. one where you try to direct people into, or it's the one that will appear in Google searches or your, your first point of call for people looking for information on your club. But it's the one that gets neglected, as you said, you know, because it's easy to neglect and just think there's enough on there. But, yeah. you know, your Google Analytics will tell you what people are looking for on that. Definitely. Do you, John, I'm going to get let you go in a second, but I've got to ask this. I always ask this of marketing people. Um, do you believe email marketing is worth the effort that goes into creating an email? You asked me this last time, I'm pretty sure. And there you I go, say, I'm yeah. Ask you. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm big on it. I think, um, as I said, we're, you know, taking your kind of, you know, we, we've managed to I say on the podcast, we've managed to get our database. It's only up over 300 people, but it's, 300 people that I know will, well, you know, 60 odd percent of them are, are reading the information mm -hmm. that I'm sending them. Whereas if I'm posting something on Twitter or Facebook, yeah. they're not seeing it, you know, and the Scottish FA, and this is on a bigger scale, but our, the most revenue we would drive for a match would come uh, because through the emails that we send, you know, the, that putting that rather than, you know, saying, all right, our tickets are on sale. Great. So I need to go and search for it, click, uh, find out social or whatever, you know, it's in the inbox there. Okay, I'll go and do it now or, or whatever. Yeah, it's a big one for us. It gets more information out to more fans. Again, not isolation, but it sounds like a lot of hassle. It doesn't need to be. Uh, we use MailChimp, which is free. Yeah. Uh, up until 2000 subscribers, we've got uh, we've started building a database, um, so we're trying to pull in data from all different ways. And yeah, it's, it's, it's very valuable in my eyes, and it's one that I always push my clients to um, really sort of invest time in. If, and, is there a caveat there that if you if you can monetize it, like don't send an email just for the heck of it, or yeah. is there a value in staying connected? Stay connected, you know, keep keep people up to date on what you're doing. I think one of the things I asked in the, the, our fan survey, so, you know, after I did the committee survey, once I probably got started, I did a fan survey, and, and one of the things that I've asked in the last couple of years is, you know, what would you like to hear from us? You know, is it youth updates? Because everybody, if you're following there, you're, you're going to know the first team scores, but you're probably not going to know what's happening with our youth teams or reserve teams or whatever. And even, you know, on our database, we've got people that dip in and out of supporting yeah. there, but I want to keep them up to date on what's going on and all the cool stuff that we've been doing and show because we're trying to change perception of the club that is seen as a bit dated that, oh, actually, look at all this cool shit that, oh, sorry, I don't know. Yeah, look at all this cool, cool shit that we're, we're, the, the club are doing. You know, I never used to think Neon County did that sort of thing, but they are doing that. And, you know, then people are talking about it in the town. And then all of a sudden, you know, we hope to to pick up revenue 
from them yeah. down the line. You know, it's uh, playing the long long game um, yeah. at a club like Nairn. But yeah, no, it's so invaluable in, yeah. in my end. It's like if there's a positive side to the to, uh, water torture, it's that, isn't it? Like the constant drip, 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 and then yeah. all of a sudden you've got a cup of water. I don't know if that analogy works, but anyway. Um, all of this, whether it's the forms, whether it's the emails, whether it's the TikTok videos, whether it's the present the plan, whatever, right? You said yourself, you're remote, um, and you're only one man, and you're a young father, and you've got a job, and, 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 and. How do you cope with the lack of required skill set in the volunteer base? Like, well, yeah. uh, have to go and source it. So that's basically uh, accepted that there's certain things I'm not going to be able to do just now. So if this had been at Scotland national team, or, or I would just go right. This is what we're going to do. We're going to create this great video. We're going to do this. We're going to do whatever it is. You know, I'm not a designer. I, I can do basics, um, which probably if you look back at New County staff from about Christmas time uh, through to the summer, you, you would have seen that. But what I did was identified, well, I can't be there on match days and our match day, you know, updates are non-existent really. So for people like me who are remote but still want to know what's going on with the club, I need to get somebody on a match day to be able to give us live updates from the game and, and make it feel like you're there as much as possible. And from a design perspective, I was like, ah, this, this is two things I need. I need a designer that can give us a new brand and then bring us singing and dancing um, into some sort of modern feel to the club and, you know, that, that match day element. So went out and, and put out on my social media um, anybody interested. And again, I'm fortunate because of, I'm, I'm proud, because of what I've worked in, I've got an audience of, of some sort that put me in touch with people and or people I've been following or um, I managed to get two people. Now, we're based in the north of Scotland, so it's difficult. <laughs> uh, it's a smaller uh, pool of people, whereas I live in Glasgow. It's easier to get people down here to, to volunteer at the club. So our designer is based in London. He's Scottish, but based in London. So he does it remote. Obviously, our, our match day guy travels through each day from, from Elgin, which is 22 miles away. And But I was going, I can't do everything myself. I want to do a lot more for the club, or we want to do a lot more as a club, but we need to bring people in. Tomorrow, so we're recording this. Um, Tomorrow, um, after we record this, I'm speaking to uh, the local uh, high school to speak about, you know, people coming in. I've spoke to the local university uh, in Inverness, which is 15 miles away, going, we, we want to do more. We want to open ourselves up as a club to, to help the students. But we also, we, you know, we, we want people to come in and help. And as part of the survey, you know, the fan survey we do every year at the end, it, Towards the end of the survey, I give a list of volunteer roles that we'd like to fill at the club. What we did was, you know, the first year we did was uh, just drop in your email address um, if you'd like to help support the club. And, you know, you've got one or two. But all of a sudden, because we specified specific roles and whether they could select what they were interested in, yeah. the, the, interest in the interest in helping you know, it went a lot higher because mm -hmm. people go, oh, actually, I would quite like to go and do match day support. Yeah. Or, you know, we, we managed to 
we were looking, we didn't even say we were looking for a goalkeeper coach, but we had enough people looking for co uh, coaching that we recognised one of the names that used to be, uh, be a goalkeeper for one of the other side uh, teams in there. And then we were like, ah, well, do you want to come and be, be a goalkeeper mm -hmm. coach? And we, we've managed to pick up um, additional hospitality um, help, you know, grounds help. Uh, we've got people interested in doing more stuff, uh, coaching in the community, which we don't even offer. So <laughs> it was all by just calling out specific. Yeah. I guess if you're just saying, will you come and help us? It's like, oh, well, I don't know what I'm going to be end up doing. I don't want to be the person that ends up sweeping the changing rooms or yeah. whatever, right? It's so, yeah, we need someone to do this specific job. Yeah, so so did that. Um, you know, we've been looking for somebody that might do some video stuff and we might hopefully have somebody that's going to do a, an airing sort of video piece for us over the season um, and mm -hmm. he's from the university. So, you know, it is, it's a case of either knowing, as I said, you can't do everything. There's a lot of stuff I want to be able to do, but I just need to go on the front foot and find people that'll do it for me. Don't be afraid to ask, yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, John? No? All right, right now. Okay. Um, episode four which only makes sense if people are looking at the listings, doing things a bit differently. Um, getting PR for a pie in a role and creating stag and hen party packages, right? We can talk about those specifically, but are you saying then, like, stop trying to do things the way that everyone else has done stuff, stand out from the crowd in however yeah. you can? Yeah, so if you go on the New, New and County website, which um, you would see that we put three values uh, that we want to do as a club. You know, we want to be brave. We want to start, we're in a team, a, a league of 18 clubs. So there's 17 mm -hmm. other clubs in that league. We want to be able to stand out from them. You know, we're not going to win the league uh, in the next few years, but we want to be able to show that we are a progressive modern club that does things a little bit differently. You know, we want to be community driven and, and, and we want to, um, be proud, you know, we're proud of the club, proud of the town, etc. So, you know, doing things differently, yeah, it is, especially at our level, you can just plod along and just do the same thing as everybody else, and, and that's fine. Or you can have a bit of fun with it, and we yeah. try to have a bit of fun with where we can. Yeah, you know Jesse Cole, right, and Savannah Bananas and all that nonsense is going yeah. on. It's, it's that, but on a much smaller, cheaper basis, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they take it to the extreme, which works for them brilliantly. Yeah. You know, yeah, imagine that in the UK. I don't think the UK would take very nicely to that. It doesn't. You know, the, the UK culture is very different. Um, and, and for a club at our level, which is, is one tier outside the league system, mm -hmm. um, to go to that extreme takes time, I'd say. But we can certainly take a lot of learnings. I, I have taken... You know, I try to follow and, and read and, and watch a lot about the Savannah Bananas, and I believe there's a, a documentary now um, mm -hmm. over your side that they, so I'll have to try and find some sort of way to watch that. And we'll see what we can do for you. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, try to take learning so and apply it, and you know, why can't we? You know, well, we've we've just done different things to what's happening mm -hmm. in Scotland, and, and beyond that, we're trying to do more and more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, being being a club just isn't enough, is it? And doing it, doing things the same old way worked, but isn't going to work today. So you've got to yeah. at least try. Yeah, and look at it will work for some people, but it'll only it'll just you keep doing the same thing with the same people, and unfortunately, same I think you alluded to it. You know, 
our fan base is, is old, and if you can't inspire the next lot to come through and and, and support you and follow you and get involved, then you're you're running the risk that you're going to have nobody at some point. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Um, John and I were talking earlier about um, kits and whatnot. We have a standard kit, and then we um, do a charity tie-in with a local charity once a year, whereby we say, "Hey, we'll design a kit for you," and we're emblazoning your name on it, and you get half the proceeds just as long as you help us promote it. And it's it's gone fairly well, right, John? Just just nod if you listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's it, you know it's an easy thing to do to. Uh to loop in another organization in our community to either let them know we exist or provide a tangible benefit service to them. Obviously mm-hmm. it's a little self-serving that we promote the kit with our logo on it as well, but they're the, you know, the front sponsor. And I think it's, it's a simple thing that's easy to explain to people. It doesn't take a lot of work. Um, it's been a good thing the first couple of years we've done it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's my segue into you've done stuff with the Nairn County jersey as well, right? To sort of not revolutionize yeah. it, but get it get it in front of more than seven people in Tesco's. Yeah, we'd be lucky if we could get it in Tesco. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, we did. You know, I, as you said, you know, having a charity kit's not nothing new. It's not revolutionary. There's, there's people in Scotland that do that already. But for Nairn, for the Highland League, it's not really something that has been done before. And, you know, one of the things when I got involved that, as I said, like a, a quite, I'm quite a creative person. I like to have a creative outlet. So to be able to design or get kits designed for for the club you, you, you grew up on your doorstep is quite exciting. And, and one of the things, you know, I think is probably to put the third kit, the charity kit in context is to talk about the home and away quickly is that I wanted when we, we play with that third kit, in, in Scottish Highland League. Do we need a third kit? I always wonder at our level, no, we don't. But we had one last time around and I was like, right, well, I'm not, I want to do something special with that third kit. But what I want to do is something special with all the kits and I want each kit in its own way to represent the town of Nairn. So the home kit has uh, on features on the front of the kit is um, the outline of, we've got, uh, it's like a, that's um we got like a what's the what's the, the best word to describe it? it if you saw the band stand basically it's a feature mm-hmm. in there and it, it's down by the the sea and it's instantly recognizable as a landmark in there so yeah, if you know you know if, if you know you know so it's on the front of the the home kit the away kit um so our postcode zip code um in in Nairn is um iv12 and then whatever your street name. So in the UK, it could be your yeah. your postcode would be IV12, which represents Nairn. And then the 5LT is the road or street that you are on. So mm-hmm. um, I think that 5LT, what I think is the uh, <laughs> station road, which is our stadium's postcode. But what I wanted to do um, is have every IV12 postcode on our strip where IV12 is on the sleeve. And so all of a sudden, people are looking to find their own street name on that on that um, and shirt, and it's very near and it's very. And then with the third kit was the charity idea of it, and I go into it in a lot more detail uh, on the podcast. And that's not a plug for the podcast; it's just there's a bit of a lengthy story. <laughs> I think we've plugged it enough already. You're good. Yeah, right. um, but 
Team Hamish is a local near charity. It's a very sad story of and heartbreaking story of how it came about. Long story short, is basically family, mum, dad, brother, sister. The brother gets um, dies of leukemia cancer um, at the age of eight years old, and then so to create a legacy for him in the town of Nairn, the mum, dad, and sister um, start fundraising, create this charity to build a splash pad. Um, down, um, funny enough, not that far away from the bandstand, but down by the beach. Before the bandstand, uh, before the, the splash pad even opens, the mum dies of cancer. Um, so this legacy for Susan and Hamish um, is there, and they were going into phase two. And, and, and Team Hamish obviously touched a lot of people in the town. So it was a no-brainer, you know, if we we're going to try and do, do something useful. And that's the way I've looked at it. This is not us trying to profiteer out of anything. It's actually trying to use something that I didn't buy into that we really needed it, but let's turn it into something a lot more useful. Yeah. Um, they're going into phase two um, of, of their fundraising. And so we created what is a very bright and vibrant uh, rainbow-inspired kit um, with Team Hamish on the front. Fortunately, our main sponsor, who was new, bought into the idea and uh, we're happy to go in the back. and. Yeah, look, long long story short with it is that we've never sold as many kits in the first week of launching it. We sold out in three days um, of, of that kit. I think um, we, in the most, just to, to put things in perspective, the most kits we've ever sold or shirts we've ever sold in any given week is probably about 12, you know, yeah. 12, 15. We sold all 70 um that we had available uh, at that time um plus loads of home and away uh, in that first week yeah. and we just put an order in for 220 new yeah. kits we've well, never yeah. ordered that many kits we've never sold that many kits as a collective across the course of a season we're trying yeah. to do it all within six months you know not even so um, and then all of a sudden you're talking it's more it's more than just local awareness isn't it it's then it, oh. And you, you're not trying to be an international brand, of course you're not. But at, at some point, there's a tipping point where you don't care where that fifty bucks is coming from, right? It could be coming from no, Ireland as well. You, you know, we, we're donating ten pound from uh, every adult shirts going to to Team Amish and, and um, five from from every kids shirt. Because um, and you know, we've had people in England, you know, posting on our uh, tagging us in on, on Twitter. Um, from like Nottingham and, and other places who've got no connection to there, but they bought the shirt, you know, yeah. they, they love the shirt and we've got so much coverage from it. We've featured on the local news Um, you know, it, it's, it's been one that has really captured the imagination, which has been great for, for the charity. It's been great for the club. Obviously, I'm, I can't look at it uh, and say we've, we've not benefited out of this mm -hmm. because we have, but the purpose of that was to, you know, Charity first, but we want to piggyback yeah. a little bit on that as well. The problem, problem you've made for yourself now, though, is that you've set the bar, right? So the next charity jersey is coming in expecting 500 sales, and yeah. Yeah, I know. Here, uh, it's funny because we're a club again, normally clubs, so we've committed to having our kit for two years. So our home mm -hmm. and away, um, you know, our third kit we'll probably have. We didn't set a time on that, but we'll probably just tie it all in. But you're right, yeah, we, we've gone big, um, which is good. <laughs> You know, I, I was I was told once that if you've got a good idea, don't sit on it. So mm -hmm. uh, just get it out there, go and do it, and uh, just I mean 
it's, it's fun pressure to have now is to go, how can I outdo that charity kit I've got? I don't even know what we're going to do for home and away. And I figure away one will be pretty special next time around. And I'm just a bit uh, impatient having to, to, to think <laughs> about I need to wait for that. But yeah, quite a little bit of time to, to figure out what we're going to do that side. How involved is the club with driving you? Like, obviously, you're, you're self-driven because you're a self-employed and all the rest of it, and you love what you do, and you're doing it for the good of men. But right, are they imposing any sort of targets or KPIs on you? No, we're not, because we're all volunteer, to be fair. Um, and, and I think I think there's definitely been a bit more motivation with the new chairman and, you know, conversations I've had with him uh, about he's not saying, saying that I need no. to do X by then, because... You know, that's just a surefire way that you're going to drive volunteers away is by putting too much pressure on people, you know, doing these kits. I'd never been through a kit launch. Um, well, I've been, sorry, I've launched kits before with the Scotland national team, but I've never been through from the design all, all the way through. And bloody hell, it's stressful. You know, mm-hmm. that, how is this going to turn out? That rainbow kit was was not knowing how it was going to turn out, if it's going to be as vibrant as we all hope it's going to be and, and whatever else. And it, it's tough, you know, and it's times like that you question, I'm doing all this for free. You know, do I need the stress in my life? Do I need to uh, yeah. be spending hours and late night emails going back and forth? And do I need to be doing all this? You know, and and so it's the same as when I brought on um, Gary and, and Ewan, who do the, the social and the design stuff, is I've said to them, I'm like, one, I'm not going to be on your case all the time. I'm not, as soon as you stop and join it, then it's not, that it's, it's, I've not been doing my job right in terms mm-hmm. of what I've been bringing you on to do. There's not going to be that added pressure. You tell me what you can do and I'll work around you. Um, and that's just the nature we're at. If I was paying those two, then it's a whole different ballgame <laughs> because all of a sudden I've got high standards that I'm expecting, like, you know, anybody that's worked in my teams before, you know, I like to think I'm a, a good boss and stuff like that, but I've got I've got high standards and, you know, you don't accept, you know, the, the second uh, best or that, that it's going to be okay. But sometimes in there, and I just I have to accept that, you know, mm-hmm. it's probably not what I would have liked if I had more time or, you know, we could work on this full time or whatever else. Sometimes you just got to go with it, and um, again, but for me, it's not putting that added um, pressure on, on on some of the volunteers because they are volunteering. It is for free, um, mm-hmm. and it's the same as what's um, coming down the way from from the chairman and such like. I'm conscious of time, and I'm conscious that you've got a family life to get back to. Um, one, the one last thing I wanted to touch on from the podcast was um, the communication channels you've opened up with the fan base over and above. Um, the internal workers like obviously you're doing fan surveys and whatever else but um how have what's the what's the interest been from fans to give feedback rather than just say oh it's shit because we're british and everything's shit yeah the uh, first time around i think they were pretty shocked at the club or they never <laughs> said it, but i'd assume they were pretty shocked that uh, the club's actually asking for an opinion um and that's an historic thing more more than anything Second time around, you know, we've got even more responses. You know, we're getting feedback now. Um, we we try to we did a stall, for example. So again, speak about this in podcast, but Nairn Highland Games is the biggest social event on the Nairn calendar. It happens in August every year. It's the Highland Games. 
you know, people who grew up in a town who maybe don't live there come back for it. You know, the whole town pretty much comes out for it. And for the first year time in the year, could be 30 odd years, potentially 40 mm-hmm. years that the club had a presence, I, you know, had a stall. And, you know, that was driven by myself um, and my, well, my stepdad, stepdad into helping on it. Yeah, you know, and we the Team Hamish kit, don't get me wrong, the charity kit was a great one to attract people mm-hmm. to the stall that maybe hadn't, would not necessarily stop. But once you had people there and chatting to them, you know, the feedback was amazing. I had to end up speaking to local councillors who were wanting to know more about what we're doing as a club and, you know, taking them through and, you know, the conversations we ended up having was brilliant. You know, there's there's a couple of guys that started, a, you know, a, a kids football team um, and they want to figure out a way longer term that they can get involved with the club on a more official capacity. That was mm-hmm. all just coming from conversations of being there at the time. So, yeah, it was great. You know, the fan survey gets you... The, the online digital one, but there's something to be said for face-to-face conversations and um, as well, and it, it, it's been great. We, we know we need to do a lot more, um, but again, you know, we're, yeah. we're doing this on a part-time uh, volunteer basis, and it's come a bit closer to, to the time than ever, but uh, yeah, it, it's about doing more of that sort of thing, and we know, again, it's not a short-term thing. We, we need to keep doing it, um, but the it's been encouraging, you know, to, to see and, you know, results for us on the pitch have not been going our way this season so far. And, you know, the, a lot of the frustrations are directed towards the football side at the moment in time. And that's difficult because, you know, especially having worked with the Scotland national team, you, you know that what you're doing in the background is you're putting all the foundations in place. You know, mm-hmm. you're doing is you're chipping away. So, so when the losses and whatever else happened, they're not, people are not going to the lowest of lows that they were maybe there before. They're still going to get low. You can't stop that, but you're building off a, a sort of slightly higher platform than the last time. And then when things do go well, in our case at the Scotland national team, we, we managed to qualify for the European Championships, Euro 2020. You've got this springboard that all of a sudden, all channels are a go, you know, your, your retail's kicking off, your emails, your, your whatever else. And that's what we're trying to put in place in there. You know, we're, we're mm-hmm. trying to make a difference on, on what we're doing just now, um, and it's making it's making a difference. The football side's not at the same level at the moment in time, and that's just the nature of football. You know, the results will mm-hmm. come. You know, the, we'll, we're an ambitious, um, as I said, the, the, we've got new ambitious people on the committee who want us to be challenged at the top end of the table, not where we are at the moment in time. And and when that comes then we are ready and um, we'll I'll hopefully have everything ready that we can again capitalize on that even further yeah two things very quickly um one just so i'm clear in my head um the highland league right normally the fifth tier um winning it doesn't mean the, the pro well is a big hot topic about hot topic over here doesn't mean you automatically gain entry to the scottish pyramid right you it's by is it still election or is it by choice like you can turn it uh, so unfortunately you don't get automatic promotion yeah. but what happens is so there's another league at the fifth tier um, and yeah. it's the lowland league <laughs> funny enough and so the winner of the highland league will play the winner of the lowland league and then the winner of that tie will then 
face in a two-legged playoff against the bottom team of the SPFL League 2. So mm-hmm. there's the Premiership in Scotland, which yeah. is the biggest club, Celtic Rangers. You've got the Championship, League 1, and then League 2, and the bottom club of League 2. So last season, Bonnie Rig Rose um, beat... Who did they beat last season? They beat Cowden Beef. Um, so Bonnie Rig won the Lowland League. They beat Fraser Brad, who won the Highland League. And then so Bonnie Rig Rose then played Cowden Beef and... Uh, put them down and put that's it a, that's a, I remember Cowden Beef being in my Panini sticker album back in the 80s. So that's a big fall for them. Yeah, they were in they, yeah. they were playing in the second tier only yeah. a few years yeah. ago. Same as Beacon City. They they play in the same league as us now and they were in the, the second tier not so long ago. So it's yeah. you, you know it's you don't get it a lot in, in American sport, but I suppose that's one of the, the charms of um UK football is that teams can come out of nowhere or they can yeah. have a massive fall from grace. Yeah, it's, it's a very dangerous ground to start talking pro rail and any US soccer thing. You get all sorts of lunatics on both sides. Um, John, have you got anything just before we wind up? I know you've been taking no. copious notes. No, no, no. I, I've got a lot. You, I thank you for your time. Um, I, I, I'm very excited um, to listen to these. There's eight, eight short podcasts, I believe, in the series, right? So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to those and I'm glad that I have your email and can pick your brain if I need to elaborate on anything, but uh, no, I think it's great what you're doing. I think uh, Naren looks like a very, um, you know, similar project to what we're doing at our club. I've, I've been, as you've been talking, I've been fishing around your, your club website and getting all kinds of ideas to throw at Nick. So, uh, I, but I do appreciate it. a lot of good stuff. And I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. shall return we were so glad we could make it but so sad we gotta run well it might be a long time till we raise another glass you can rest assured that next time we'll have ourselves a laugh